We found early on that there was actually some magic in specifically putting kids in community with other kids who are also sharing their interests and also extremely ambitious and specifically not satisfying by age too much. And so on primer, all age groups are together in these clubs. So there's seven-year-olds interacting with 14-year-olds. And what's been really amazing is that I think most parents sort of assume like, oh, I want my kid to be only around kids that are his age or her age. Uh, because that's how the traditional school system works. And they were like, where's the 13-year-old club for primary? And it's like, that doesn't exist. On on the face of it, you might say, okay, well, that, you know, that, that might not be as good, or there's reasons why that doesn't work or whatever. But actually, we found that by doing this, we actually create really meaningful relationships between kids. Welcome to our podcast, What Students Want. There are all these new strategies that people are using to engage students in all walks of life. So let's find out what they are. So I'm joined today by Ryan Delk, co-founder and CEO at Primer. So Ryan spent the last decade building tech companies at Square, Gumroad, and Omni, and he's now co-founded Primer, and I quote, to free the next generation of kids to be more ambitious, more creative, and to think for themselves, starting with homeschoolers. So I understand you were homeschooled, Ryan. First of all, welcome to the, to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Andreas. So how did the idea of, of serving the homeschool market come about? Like, because before that, you were in different industries. So how did that uh, come about? Yeah. So I was, as you mentioned, I was homeschooled from kindergarten through eighth grade. And I, when, we, when my wife and I started having kids, we started thinking about different education options. And I was very stuck on the idea of like thinking about my experience of homeschooling and how positive that was for me and thinking about how we could potentially create that for our kids. And when I started researching it, I was just stunned to find that there was no, no one had built a modern homeschooling platform. So there was nothing out there that there was no tech product out there that would make it easy for anyone to start homeschooling and delivering an exceptional homeschool experience for their kids. And and what I found is that a lot of the parents that were homeschooling were trying to answer the same questions and get the same, sort of figure the same things out that my parents were trying to figure out whatever, 25 years ago. And it was just crazy to me that that they were still reinventing the wheel. And so that's kind of the, the, that was the original spark that led to what became Primer. Got it. Got it. I know you went through a a trial period with a small number of families and then that, that ended at some point and you start to like open up to more families. So what's the status of Primer now? Where are you at? Yeah, so we we're currently inviting families off the wait list. So we have what Primer is today is we have a, a eight clubs that kids can join that are all mm-hmm. sort of oriented around their interests. So whether that's learning how to code, to build video games, uh, music, art, nature, science, whatever you're interested, whatever kids are interested in, uh, we have clubs that they can join. And then inside those clubs, there are um, both a, a very a very large library of projects that they can do. So different types of things they can make. Um, they can document that through Primer on our. our OS or iPhone and iPad apps. Um, and then also there's a bunch of other kids that share those same interests. And so the really powerful part of Primer is actually when you can put kids into community with other kids who also are very ambitious and creative who share their interests. And what we found is really, really amazing things happen. And so um, 
that's sort of the, the club's part of Primer. And then we also have uh, Primer Rooms, which were just very, very early uh, in the process of rolling out, which are actually live experiences for kids. So um, kids come together to solve problems together, do puzzles, um, choose your own adventure experiences, kind of more open discussion, conundrum, um, you know, ethical questions, um, whatever the different experience might be. Um, and those happen within clubs, again, around interest. And so kids that are excited about a certain thing can, can be live with other kids, um, having really, really powerful social interactions um, with those other kids from all around the world. So we have, you know, kids joining from India, the US and Africa and Europe. And uh, it's really, really amazing to see them all kind of start to build relationships and come together through that. Interesting. People listening in won't be seeing you, but you have like, so I'm just describing, you have a whiteboard in the back with a lot of things mapped out. You started with the clubs, you were in a trial phase where you were experimenting and now you're opening up on the wait list and you're adding rooms, you're adding more things. How are you thinking about where you're taking primer? What, what is the way that you are mapping things out? Like, for example, rooms, like the live experiences, was that, was that something that was on the roadmap or did that come through the trial? And how is that experimentation going about now that you're getting into more of a you know, more of a, a normal operation, if I may say so. Yeah. So, I mean, the ambition of Primer uh, with respect to homeschoolers has always been, how do we, I mean, the, the very personal version is how do I replicate for my kids and for hopefully millions of other kids, the experience that I had, um, you know, that's, that's really like what I'm trying to do because my parents were incredible and they're, they're just amazing facilitators of learning. Um, and but but in a, on a more sort of like specific level, what we're trying to do is figure out how can every family who has the desire and the the willingness to work to create a great at home learning experience for their kids, how can we allow them to convert that desire into reality? So there's there's work involved, like like you know educating your kids at home is really hard. Um, uh, we're trying to create an environment where they can succeed at that and, and deliver an exceptional experience. And so um, that that applies both to tools we build for parents. So um, like uh, we built a tool recently and launched it called the Primer Library, where parents can basically see, uh, we, we found thousands and thousands of different activities across the web. And we um, built a data model behind them that includes uh, the, the age group that they're most, uh, they're most sort of applicable for. It includes like common core standards. So if you're, you're tracking along with Common Core IXL academic standards, you know which projects will most likely line up with the things that your kid's learning. Um, it tracks interest. So you can sort of filter by all these different categories. Um, and it's really powerful for parents that want to build out their own like academic units or kind of like curriculum units um, with projects they might find around the web and saves them a ton of time from going and searching for all these things themselves. So that's an example on the parent side that we built. And then on the kid side, it's obviously clubs and rooms. And so the sort of like the problem that we're obsessed with is the, the full family experience. We're not just focused on kids or just focused on parents. Um, and that'll be true uh, for a really long time. Ultimately, you can build amazing experiences for kids. But then if you can leave parents behind, you end up in a position where you're not actually helping the whole family achieve the goals that they have. Mm. So I know, for example, you have yeah, the, the clubs and the rooms and the experience for the kid, but you also have a dashboard for the parents. Mm -hmm. And you built what you call the navigator also, which helps them check out all the legal mess that is what our education system is today and kind of to, to make sure they're legal in what they're doing. So that's like another way you're helping parents, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so the way I'm hearing you talk, I'm just trying to understand 
the, the frame of mind you have as you're observing and creating primer, observing the market and your students and creating. It's like a problem solving. You're hunting for where the experience is not good, where there is frustration, where there is a bottleneck and trying to build some technology around that to make it easier, like the library or the navigator. Is that it? When you're building an early stage company, it is you're you're, you're hunting for what the the, the most uh, acute problems are that you can solve for your users. And typically, you have a vision for okay, we want to create this is the type of world that we want to create if we're successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you figure out okay, that's that's like the ten year vision. Let's break that down into what we can build today and this month and next month. Mm-hmm. And usually, what you're building today and this month and next month are defined by the problems that your users are having. And so, um, yeah, we spend a lot of time talking to parents. I actually host a call every single Friday for new new families, parents, and kids who are joining Primer that week, and I'm personally walk them through the product and welcome them to the experience. We we are very close with our our families and we, we try to really understand how they homeschool, what their goals are, what's working well, what's not working well. And so, yeah, a lot of what we built comes out of those relationships. And it's hard because there's a tension between, you know, if you only listen to users and that that is what you sort of build everything based on, you, you also can end up sort of um, getting to this very iterative process where you're just solving problems and building solutions that they want instead of trying to build a solution to a problem they don't even know they have or a solution that they would have never thought of, which is ultimately what you have to start doing to build a really, really important company. And so um, it's a little bit of a tension there, but yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's sort of the cycle that we, that we engage in from a product perspective. And so what is that the type of world that you want to create? Like what are those defining principles or 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 things that you know maybe there are some concepts that you say you know primer is going to put out there into the educational experience that the product is today and those are things that you know the things that parents don't even know they want do you have those in mind or do you have one in mind yeah, we so one of the things we learned early on was that there there's this every parent wants their kids to be in community or socializing with other kids. It's important to everyone. Um, but we found early on that there was actually some magic in specifically putting kids in community with other kids who are also sharing their interests and also extremely ambitious and specifically not stratifying by age too much. And so on primer, all age groups are together in these clubs. So there's seven-year-olds interacting with 14-year-olds. And what's been really amazing is that I think most parents sort of assume like, oh, I want my kid to be only around kids that are his age or her age. Uh, because that's how the traditional school system works. And they were like, where's the 13-year-old club for primer? And it's like, that doesn't exist. On on the face of it, you might say, okay, well, that, you know, that, that might not be as good or there's reasons why that doesn't work or whatever. But actually we found that by doing this, we actually create really meaningful relationships between kids where the older kids can start to mentor and guide and teach the younger kids on things that they get stuck on. And sometimes actually the younger kids are more experienced in certain things because a lot of these are interest-based art, music, things that you don't necessarily correlate with age. And they're actually mm-hmm. able to help out the older kids on things. And so it turns out to be being these really powerful communities. And that's something that's not obvious to parents. And we actually got pushback from parents on early on. But now yeah. I think once they sort of get into the community, they see the value of it. Interesting. That's interesting. What do you think are the key traits that you are building? You're building a team and you're building around some key skills that you want, obviously a culture and skills that you want the team to have. And I, I guess technology is, is one. So you said before this market hasn't had the benefit of good tech product in the past. 
but what are others? So technology, you you can see that in Navigator, for example, just wrapping around, wrapping something which was just messy information in technology. And was, what other like big skills do you think you can develop that can really help the homeschoolers and other educational markets later on? Yeah, without giving away too much, I would say yeah. the, the live experiences that we're working on definitely are one of the most exciting things to me. The current status quo is basically taking a traditional classroom experience and porting it onto Zoom. That's what everyone else has mm. done. You take exactly the format and the experience of it in the classroom and you plop kids in front of a computer and have them in front of their webcams and they do the same thing over Zoom, mm. which is fine. But if you thought about it from first principles and said, okay, we have you know all the power of the internet how would we unleash code to solve these problems instead of humans? And rather than say, okay, we're just going to replicate the classroom experience, what would actually be the ideal learning experience for kids if you started from the idea of we can you know, we have everything at the internet at our disposal? And so that's a lot of the posture that we're taking with respect to experiences. And I'm really excited about it because I think that when you start from that vantage point, you would never say, oh, the best thing we should do is just pop kids in front of Zoom and talk for an hour on video. There's all sorts of really interesting things you can do. And it almost feels more like playing a game than being on a Zoom chat. And so that's a lot of where we're focused right now. And I think that's the kind of stuff that gets me really, really excited because that's where we can deliver something that's totally new and fresh to to families and the market that doesn't exist anywhere else. And then we can also attract the best content and the best teachers to want to be a part of that to help us create those experiences for kids. How do you position Primer between tech platforms that are providing content? So there's there's a lot of content providers entering education and they're like really amazing content. So far is it you've curated content and you also have user generated content so far. But there's the, you know Netflix quality content for education. And then there's learning management systems which have feeds and comments and things like that yeah and then there's co-ops which are communities yeah how how is primer positioned in this ecosystem Are, are you disrupting it yeah, I think I think about it less in terms of like the industry and more about like where what are what tools are parents using to meet certain needs. And so mm-hmm. right now everything's virtual, obviously, and so there's it's a little bit different. But certainly co-ops were like a, a primary method of socialization for a lot of families, and that's something that mm-hmm. we will eventually you know be very involved in long term. So that's that's certainly something we're very interested in. Um, but then things like learning management systems, I, we don't think a lot about that. We think about it more in terms of, okay, if I'm a parent, I'm thinking about how do I meet the core academic needs of my kids? There's online platforms they can use. There's other curriculum. And then I'm thinking about how do I help my kids pursue what they're excited about and they're interested in, in addition to the core academics they need to learn. Every kid you know, needs to learn to read, needs to learn basic, basic arithmetic, reading, writing, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then how do I actually help them explore their interests? And that's something, that's where Primers really thrives right now. Um, and then finally, how do I help them build meaningful relationships with their kids? And those are going to be, you know, friends in the neighborhood, uh, you know, friends in their city, et cetera. But we also think there's an opportunity for kids to get exposure to and 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 really powerful relationships that can build with people that share their interests uh, and are really excited about the same things they're excited about. And so one of the things that, that if you talk to a lot of people that were prolific online early in their lives, uh, you, you often will talk to them and they'll say, oh, yeah, I got on in this IRC chat or I found this web forum. Yeah. 
with other people that were really excited about the same random thing that I was excited about, whether it was computer programming or history or whatever the thing was. And that was really transformative for me because I got to meet all these other people, even though there was no one else in my city who was a 14 year old who was really excited about this. I got to meet all the other people in the world that were excited about that. And you see this happen with like things like Olympiads where kids are competing in physics or math early on in their lives. And they're being a part of this really ambitious community that shares these interests. A lot of my hope for Primer is how do you help every kid discover something like that? that becomes that community. Because when you think about it, like one of the common knocks on homeschooling is so, you know, how are kids going to get socialization? Implicit in that question is that the, the current schooling model of socialization is great. And I totally reject that premise. The idea that the 30 random kids that happen to live in my zip code or happen to go to the same private school as me or happen to be zoned for the same public school as me or whatever is the ideal socialization for my kid is totally crazy. Ideally, your kid would be engaging with other kids who come from extremely diverse backgrounds, who share their interests, who are really ambitious and creative, who can push them to explore new things and push them to work harder. um, And they can build really meaningful relations with those kids. And so that's, to me, like, uh, you know, if you're just starting from like, what is the actual ideal? I think it's much closer to that. Um, And that's what we want to build over time. So you mentioned virtual and physical, uh, like zip codes. Do you feel that a hybrid, a physical experience will also be in the future? Or is that maybe like something you do in terms of creating, again, a library or relations with other parties who do the physical stuff? Yeah, we definitely, no, we definitely want to do that in the future. I mean, it's uh, that's not something we're thinking about right now just because of COVID and um, yeah. you know where the world is, but it's absolutely something that we want to do in the future. What what do you think is the the biggest risks or constraints that you you might face? I mean, you have a lot going for you. you have you know you're building a great team. You have tailwinds in terms of you know, the timing was helpful for sure. You have a great a great list of investors and advisors. You have experience, so you have a lot going for for this venture. What would you say are the main constraints, risks, or weaknesses that you you're trying to to uh, yeah, to the extent that you can share. Yeah, the, the hardest thing about Primer is that when you're building for so homeschoolers by by definition have sort of opted out of a homogeneous system. They've said, "Hey, mm-hmm. we don't want to be part of this sort of the existing school infrastructure." Yeah. yeah um, and for some of those, it's like a very specific reason, like, "Hey, we don't, you know, our our public schools are really bad, and we can't afford private schools, or whatever the reason yeah. is." Um, but for others, it's like, hey, we want to have a hyper-personalized experience for our kids. We want to really tailor this and we don't want to be part of some big system. And so uh, in some ways, the challenge of Primer is that we we are, you know, one, one you know, cynical take could be that we're trying to build this big system for all the people that don't want to be part of a system. And eventually mm-hmm. we're going to get, you know, so big that, or, 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 you know, the sentiment could become, okay, well, Primer is just another, you know, it's just another version of a big education system that I don't want to be a part of. And so like part Apple, of what we're Apple. thinking. Like Apple. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And so I think part of the challenge for us and what we're thinking, you know, what we think about every day is how do we still keep both kids and parents in the driver's seat? And so we try to be pretty aggressive with the amount of control that we give kids and parents and their experience on primer, specifically kids. We take kids extremely seriously. Um, and, you know, everything from very small details, like kids can customize their entire, you know, background of their primer experience and even write their own CSS to edit it and all sorts of things. Um, all the way up to, to bigger picture things like, you know, allowing kids to set their own timelines for projects and, you know, do things that they're interested in versus like getting assigned like random things to work on. 
And so there's, there's a lot that goes into that, but I think if I was going to pick like the reason primer would fail, I think that is probably, you know, the, the most likely point of failure and something that, that keeps me up at night and I, we're, we're sort of constantly battling against. So I can elaborate a bit on that. So how would that be like a point of failure? Well, the, the point of failure would basically be, you know, do at some point people say, Hey, uh, you know, primer now primer has hundreds of thousands of families that are using it. Um, it's just another system. It's just another okay. version of private school or public school. That's just, you know, I don't, I, I want, I want to be part of something smaller and more ad hoc and, uh, more personalized for my kids. Um, and okay. obviously I have all the arguments against that and like why we won't become <laughs> that. But, um, that's the thing that I think, you know, when you're building a product for people who, and you're trying to aggregate, you know, millions of people who don't want to be part of a system that is sort of like the implicit, uh, challenge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. I understand. So, so like what, what does a day in the life of the CEO of primer look like right now? I mean, what are you focused on personally? What are you delegating? What are you, you said the big thing that keeps you up at night you said is the future perception of primer, but in the more short term, what are you tackling personally? And what are you hiring for or, or giving to others to tackle in your day-to-day? Yeah. So, I mean, at an early stage startup, everyone does a lot of different things. So I, I would say there, my day is, you know, 10 or 15 different random parts of the company or things that I'm jumping into. If I was going to just narrow down to the, the, my priorities, my main priorities right now are hiring for two new roles. So recruiting is probably my top priority and the top allocation of my time. Um, and then the second is product. And so we're, we're launching these new product experiences. And so I spend a lot of time um, watching user sessions, watching how kids are using the product, um, trying to find any sort of like anomalous uh, behavior or insights that, that seems really like interesting. Um, a lot of times talking to parents. So we do uh, calls every week with parents, welcoming them to the product. I give every single primary parent, my personal cell phone number so they can call me whenever they want. Um, and I get several calls a week from parents. that just <laughs> I don't want to talk and have questions. And so, um, yeah, I spend a lot of time with them. Um, and then there's sort of all the other, there's like a bucket of like all the other stuff that's like, you know, operations and finance and, um, you know, HR stuff and all that kind of stuff that, that yeah, yeah. You know, tackle as well. But, um, typically I try to minimize the time I spend on all that and, yeah. uh, maximize the time I can spend on recruiting and product. Got it. Got it. Got it. So we have a lot of educators listening to this podcast. So there's a lot of school leaders, educators, also some parents, but I say, educators a lot of them so is there some, like you mentioned hiring so include the link in the in the show notes for them um but anything you want to say to them anything that you, you'd like to, to share with them as a message about primer about you know whatever yeah i think if you're interested in helping build the future of what i think will be the future of of at-home education um we'd love to chat we're hiring a lot of, we're, we're hiring some full-time roles which are more on the product side engineering design but we have a lot of part-time opportunities for people who want to help us design content curriculum um challenges for kids that kind of stuff and so if you're interested mm-hmm. in that um i would love to chat with you my email is ryan at with primer.com um yeah. and i would absolutely love to chat yeah, and I'll add all that obviously in the in the show notes. So do you also have like I, I use the, the term on purpose, do you have instructors? Do you have like in the live experiences, do you have teachers who are coordinating, uh, facilitating, or is it very independent in terms of and it's it's going to remain very independent in the way the, the learning experiences are? 
Yeah, so it, it depends on the it depends on the experience. So we do have some where that is the case, and we have others where it feels a lot more like um, the kids are going through like a guided experience that doesn't require having an instructor there. Um, and that's, I mean, even when the instructor's there, like we want to maximize kid to kid conversation and kid to kid interaction. And so, yeah. uh, you know, ideally the instructor is sort of sitting back and letting the kids you know, really drive. Got it. Got it. And the way you think of these is like different products, because you mentioned the word product. So the rooms, that's one product, the clubs, it's another, you have these buckets and in this kind of product, there will be, you know, instructor led or coordination. If this other one, it's just more like a game like experience. Is, is that how you think of it? Yeah. Clubs are the clubs are sort of like the master bucket of the, of the experience. So like clubs are tied to interest. And so right now, um, the room experiences, the live experiences all happen within the context of clubs. Um, that may change over time, but clubs are sort of like the, the entry point into primer. And so you can join as many as you want. Um, but that's kind of how we bucket projects and experiences and everything kind of falls into that, those categories. Um, but yeah, over time we may, we may shift it and who knows, uh, where we'll take it, but that's kind of how, how kids think of primer right now is in the context of those clubs. So they'll talk about like, oh, I'm in game makers club or, oh, I'm in artist club. Oh, you're in music club. Maybe I should join music club. Like they talk about those things and they think in that context. Very interesting, uh, Ryan. Thank you so much for all this. You shared your contact information. I'm going to add that in the show notes. Any parting uh, thoughts or words or like anything you want to share as a conclusion of this discussion? I would just say I, I'm very, very passionate about this problem. I hope to be working on this problem for many decades. And so if you're listening to this and you have ideas for, um, you know, ways that you want to work together or things you want to chat about, please reach out um, because we are, we're looking for extremely talented people to join the team and um, even people that might have really ambitious and crazy ideas, uh, you know, for things that we can do. Great. Thank you so much, Ryan. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you for listening in today. Please subscribe and share for more interesting conversations about what students want. 